Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. And welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. Along with Donnie Cage. Uh-huh, Mr. Cage, how's it going, brother? It's going great, Kentucky Good. Guy. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. It is uh, very, I'm back in the uh, great state of Kentucky. Very beautiful out here. Uh, nice weather for a change, so I'm glad to see that. And let's see here, if this is your first time listening to the show, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button, no matter which platform you're listening to us on. We're on Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and the list goes on. Also, Mr. Cage does co-host Cage Cage Voice. Go ahead and tell them about that show, sir. Yes, sir. So I host the Uncaged Voice podcast on YouTube with Top Tier Rated and Jigsaw Jester. We've actually been... Uh, doing episodes for quite a while now, although although we've been on a mini hiatus, that we have some brand new episodes coming up soon. So if you want to hear us talk about gaming, entertainment, news, movies, a little bit of wrestling, and a little bit of life-related stuff, definitely check it out on YouTube. Also, if you're into current news, political, or interesting interviews, check out the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I do host it. We drop two episodes a week on there. And also, if you'd ever like to be a guest on this show or have any questions for Donnie or myself, you can always email us at OLKentucky, spelled out, 99 at yahoo.com. That's OLKentucky, 99 at yahoo.com. Also, merch shop, social media links, all that good stuff is in the description. So be sure to check that out. But we want to get right into what a big week in wrestling world it was. We did have the WWE. Backlash on Saturday, and we're going to talk about the re- uh, the results versus our prediction on that very show. So let's start off with the main match, a shocking match, a shocking ending in my book, and that was Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes. Now, Donnie and myself both picked Cody Rhodes to win. However, 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 the way the match was going... Brock dominated that match, and I thought it was just going to be a beatdown, just to be honest with you. i seen flashbacks of the previous Brock Lesnar-John Cena match. However, with a roll-up, reversing a submission hold, and it really, the ending kind of left a bad taste in your mouth, Cody Rhodes did secure the victory over Brock Lesnar. They will fight again, and we'll talk about that when we go over the Raw results which was shocking as well, but Brock Lesnar was your loser. Cody Rhodes did win. Your thoughts on the match, sir? 
I thought it was a good match overall. I mean, kind of your typical Brock Lesnar match, at least most of them anyway, where he dominates 80% of it and his opponent gets in some licks here and there. The ending certainly was surprising uh, with, the, with the surprise uh, roll-up out of the Kimura lock. So, if anything, in Brock's mind, Cody's victory was a, was a total fluke. But, I do have to say that we both predicted Cody Rhodes to win this match, Kentucky guy, and he did prevail. Yeah, you can't have Cody Rhodes come back from a pec injury, lose WrestleMania, or win Rumble, lose WrestleMania, and then lose Backlash. It, it just didn't make any sense. So, I just, you know, and we say this a lot on this show, but Cody really, actually, he did the opposite. He didn't look strong in that victory, though. And I kind of hate that for an up-and-comer like he is in this business. So uh, Then we had the Bloodline, who fought against Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddles. Uh, Donnie, had, Donnie actually picked Kevin Owens, Matt Zayn, and Matt Riddle. I actually picked the Bloodline. Your winners, the Bloodline. This match here was very interesting. Several times during the match, I thought the bloodline was going to implode. Solo and Jay Uso came head to head a few times. And also, the other Uso, Jimmy, he came head to head with Solo as well. So I don't know what's going on there. I know Solo got the win for them. Happy to see that. But. Man, this story is really with the bloodline shaping up to be something of its own. Your thoughts, sir? Well, um, it was a good match overall. A little disappointed that my picks didn't win, but, you know, it, it happens. Um, Solo looked really strong. He looked like an absolute beast, as he's been looking for a long time now. And they're still planting the seeds for more and more tension within the bloodline. And I will say, Kentucky guy, I do think that this storyline has some interesting new twists and turns in it the only thing that i just worry about is i just hope they don't stretch it out for too long i hope that we get a payoff soon and we find out where this is going to go if this implodes i would rather see solo coming to his senses teaming up with the usos and turning against roman reigns i'd rather see that than him turn on his brothers because I could make, I could see a main event, not in the near future, but in the future, Solo versus Roman Reigns for a title, and I'd pay money to see that. I think that I'm here for that. I'd like to see that match. Speaking of titles, the next match was for the SmackDown Women's Championship: Rhea Ripley versus Selena Vega. Uh, we both picked the winner, which was Rhea Ripley. Here's the thing, Selena Vega comes out in this match. I don't know if you caught her entrance or not, but like she is a phenomenal superstar. She's not. She's actually more well known for when she was managing like Andrade and those guys. I just in being married to Alistair Black. She comes out and this was I don't think this match was close. It was exactly how I thought it was going to be. Rhea Ripley won hands down. But the way the crowd acted, you would have thought that that was Charlotte Flair coming down the entrance ramp. It surprised me a lot. 
I know they were in Puerto Rico. Her family was there, blah, blah, blah. But still, to boo Rhea Ripley and to cheer Selena Vega, what world are you living in in professional wrestling? Please tell me. Your thoughts, sir? Well, I have two schools of thought on this. Um, Number one, we talked about leading up to this match that they didn't do a lot building up Zelina Vega on television as a credible credible competitor. She picked up a couple of wins in the last few weeks, but it wasn't like she was on this big rolling win streak where where you said, oh, come on, you got to put her in the title picture at some point. She's racking up the wins. That wasn't happening. She just one day decided to challenge Rhea Ripley to this for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Rhea accepted the challenge. Zelina Vega picked up a couple of wins, and then that was it. So in that regard, we knew that she was coming into this match as a serious underdog. It was pretty cool seeing her get the reaction that she got in Puerto Rico, and she did get a couple of hope spots in the match. I don't think the end result was ever in question, but she looked more impressive in my eyes than... She's been, for the majority of her career, in other matches that I've seen her in. So I'm curious to see if WWE takes this momentum that she has from this event and kind of treats her like a more serious competitor now. Not saying she's going to win one of the titles, but it would be nice to see her continue this wave of momentum. There's no momentum. There's no momentum. When you leave Puerto Rico, there's no momentum. None. She... (laughs) I mean, they let her win Queen of the Ring last year, and she did absolutely nothing with it. There's no, she's a mid-carder at best. She's a manager, bro. She's a manager. And let's just leave her at what she does best, managing. And then we had, for the Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair versus EO Sky. I picked EO Sky to win because I will never choose Bianca Belair. Uh, you chose Bianca. The winner, Bianca Belair. However, I don't think that's how it should have went. Not just because I'm not a fan of Ponytail Girl, but because EO Sky won the crowd over with her persistence. And she was phenomenal in that match. There were several times she could have won that match. Bailey, I love you, but you should not got involved. I think you might have cost her the match. But she looked tough in that match and the crowd actually booed little miss blair and got behind eo sky who's a heel a part of damage control that should tell you a story in yourself everybody is sick and tired of this ponytail freak your thoughts this was probably one of if not the best match of the night and that seems to be that sentiment seems to be shared by most people who watch the show eo looked great in this match it really looked like she could topple Bianca at a couple of points, so I have to give her credit where credit's due. Bianca, once again, powered through and was able to retain the Raw Women's title. Um, the crowd wasn't on her side for a good bit of this match. They were cheering for EO Sky. There is no question about it, Kentucky guy. Um, I, w- I was not deaf to the noise of the of the crowd. Um, so maybe there, there are aspects of Bianca's character that need to change. However, once again, she proves that you cannot be one of the best in the women's division without ESG. She won the match because of interference, and they tried to steal the match, and I I don't want to discuss it. How dare you? How dare you? All right. I got that out of my system. Let's move on. 
United States Championship match. Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley versus Bronson Reed. I picked the champ, Austin Theory, to win. You picked Bobby Lashley, the winner and still United States Champion of the World, Austin Theory. Austin Theory won this match kind of like he won the last time when he, he won the belt with Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley. A move was done. <laughs> Austin sneaks in, throws the opponent out, who performed, who performed the move, stacked the guy up, one, two, three, slitters out, and he's your, still your champion. I'm going to tell you, I was more impressed with Bronson Reed in this match than I was anyone else. It may shock a lot of people, but I was impressed with this guy in this match. He looked very good. Very good. He looked strong. And even though he didn't get the vic victory, there was at times he could have. He really could have. If this was a singles match between him or either one of these guys during that night, Bronson Reed would be your new champion. I thought he looked really good in the match. He impressed me more than both of them. Your thoughts? Yeah, Bronson Reed was definitely the standout in this match, which leads me to believe that they have big things planned for him going down the line. Um, and I believe he was drafted to, he's drafted to stay on Raw, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, okay so he's going to be staying on Raw. So it would be nice eventually to see him get into the Intercontinental title picture on Raw. I think he'd be a great fit for that. Um, not saying he's going to be the guy that's going to beat Gunther for the belt, but I could eventually see him, uh, and ended up in the title picture. You know me, Kentucky guy. I never, I always root for the almighty. And unfortunately he came up short in this match because theory was just a little bit more resourceful. He picked his spot and he took advantage and secured the pinfall, but just by the skin of How was, I'm, I got a question for you real quick. And we'll go over raw results next, but still, let's let's just go ahead and talk about this now because while it's fresh on my mind, how was Gunther not involved in the World Heavyweight Championship tournament, him being the Intercontinental Champion? How was he not involved in that last night or Monday night? It baffles me. I don't understand how you don't include the ring general in that in that tournament. Um because he is the Intercontinental Champion. He's been one of the longest reign, reigning Intercontinental Champions in quite a while. Automatically. And he's on Raw. Included in that. And he's on Raw. So uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I, I just, uh, that baffled me when I watched it. And I, I still don't get it. And if I was him, I'd complain. I really would. Uh, then we had a street fight. Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest. Uh, both of us picked Damian Priest to win. Which should have been the outcome. I still believe that. Yes, I know they wanted that feel-good mo uh, moment when uh, Carlito and Sabio Vega, all these former guys, come out to the ring and hold up Bad Bunny and blah, blah, blah. But first of all, Bad Bunny doesn't have a future in wrestling. That's not his gig. He's a singer. Damian Priest does. Kudos to Damian Priest for putting over his buddy, but... I think that uh, I think Damien actually needed this win worse than Bad Bunny did. Of course he did. Bad Bunny's not a wrestler. I hate when they bring in these superstars from other places and they give them wins like this. This is what creates people like Logan Paul who think they can do it professionally. And I'm just, I, I just, I can't stand that. Your thoughts on the match? 
Well, the one thing I'm going to say in defense of Damian Priest is that Bad Bunny would not have won this match if he didn't have the nostalgia train of cameos that came out to help him. You had Carlito, you had the Latino World Order, you had Savio Vega. Great to see these guys, don't get me wrong. Uh, nice trip down memory lane for fans like, like both of us. But, I mean, I, I agree. Damian Priest could have really benefited from a win here. And had Bad Bunny not had some help with it being a no-disqualification match, Damian Priest absolutely would have won here. He, he certainly didn't look weak in defeat, and I think that his stock definitely is going to go up after his performance in this match, just oh, my he, opinion. He has to. He carried Bad Bunny all through this match. He he had to, uh, yeah, his stock had to go up because he, he I mean, he would have, uh, oh, it would have been a disaster if he wouldn't have carried him the way he did. And then we have Seth Rollins versus Omos. Uh, both of us picked Seth Rollins to win. Seth Rollins did win. However, I thought that Omos was going to dominate the match the way it started. He got in a cheap shot at the beginning, and it seemed like it took a while for Seth Rollins to come back. Here's the thing. You can say what you want, but really, let's be honest, Omos has maybe four moves in his repertoire. He can throw you around, kick you once in a while that's about it yeah i don't see anything big and i know the rumor mill everybody's saying oh they got big things planned for him he's going to be one of the great ones one of the great big men he can't do a promo and he really he really lets me he just can't wrestle so anyways that's my thought on that match your thoughts well seth is one of those rare wrestlers who can make anybody look good whether it's a celebrity like logan paul or or a big guy like omos uh, Seth made him look as good as he possibly could. It, it took three stumps, including one from the top rope, for him to take the giant, love, the love that move. giant down. I love so that move. Seth, Seth Rollins, once again, proven how innovative he is. Uh, but again, for people who are like, well, Omos looked really good. He looked, he looked strong in defeat and everything. I'm like, but Omos didn't lose to a part-time performer like Bad Bunny, who's going to disappear after wrestling. Seth Rollins is sticking around. And... This victory just further solidifies the fact that Seth Rollins should be your top pick to be your world heavyweight champion yes. on Raw. And let's move right into Raw results because that's what they had, a world heavyweight championship tournament. Oh, by the way, what I was trying to say there was I love that move, the stomp from the top rope. I'd like to see, I'd like to see that more often. Uh, so the world heavyweight championship tournament, first round. Shinsei Nakamura versus Seth Rollins versus Damian Priest. I kind of like this, this triple threat style tournament. It's like, let's get to the point. Let's do it. And I like it a lot. One and done. And that's how it was. Your winner, Seth freaking Rollins, won that match. And he won it pretty decisively, I thought. Uh, Shinsei Nakamura and Damian Priest looked okay in the match. But Seth, I mean, let's face it. If he's in the final now, and he'll face, or wait a minute, he was in the semi, that put him in the semifinal for later on tonight. And then another match on there was Otis with uh, Chad Gable and Maxine Dupree versus Mustafa Ali. Your winner, Mustafa Ali. And basically, uh, that match was due to Otis being, Chad Gable wanted him to do the worm. Maxine didn't. He got distracted. He lost a match. Something's got to 
implode there sooner or later. Your thoughts on those two matches? Well, the triple threat for the world uh, in the world title tournament was pretty decent. Held my uh, held my interest. The right guy won. Um, even though I wouldn't have been upset if Shinsuke or Damian won, it just it made the most sense to book Seth Rollins to win. Uh, I honestly could care less about the storyline between um, you know the maximum male models and Alpha Academy. I feel like it's run its course now. It's like just pull the trigger and end this feud so we can move on to other I things. I agree. I agree. It's time for Alpha Academy to break up, is all I'm going to say. Um, then we had another uh, another tournament match, and that was Cody Rhodes versus Finn Balor versus The Miz. And the winner, Finn Balor. That's right. Brock Lesnar came in, gave uh, Cody an F5, and then after the match, he gave Cody an F5 on the announce desk. As Cody laid unconscious on the floor, Lesnar told him he wants to fight him at Night of Champions. Later on that night, Cody says this is the second time uh, Brock Lesnar has hit him from behind, and he accepted his match at Night of Champions. So I knew they would wrestle again. I didn't know it would be that quick. Uh, I am glad. I'm just going to be honest about it. I am glad that Cody is out of this tournament. He did not need to win that belt because that would make him look weak and like, Consolation prize, here we go. And then we had Rhea Ripley with Dominic Mysterio go against Dana Brooke. Her first time on Raw in a very long time. And your winner, Rhea Ripley, hands down. Your thought on those two matches, sir? Well, just another uh, match where Rhea shows her uh, her dominant power as the, uh, well, I guess she's still technically the SmackDown Women's Champion, um, even though she was competing on Raw. And, uh, you know, the triple threat, again, I, I'm kind of with you, Kentucky guy, as as great as it would be to see Cody win the World Heavyweight Championship, it would feel like a consolation prize for him. So this is the best scenario right now. Just keep the feud with Lesnar going, and we'll yep, see yep. where it goes from there. And then we had the uh, tag champions versus uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus uh, Imperium. Uh, the winners, the tag champions. Got to make, got to make those guys look strong. However, I am glad to see Imperium at least fighting the champs. They Imperium is kind of like the Viking Raiders. They are a very solid tag team who just isn't getting the right push right now for some reason. And then we had Zoe Stark, who I can't stand. I didn't like her in NXT, and I don't like her now. Challenged Nikki Cross to a match, and they actually let this newbie, this rookie come out and beat a veteran like Nikki Cross. No clue why. And then one other match, uh, Dominic Mysterio versus Xavier Woods. Dominic actually got the victory, and that's the right guy. Done, done, done with New Day. These guys need to lose every single match until they stop saying New Day rocks. That's my goal from now on. Lose every match until they stop that saying. Uh, your thoughts on those three matches? Well, yeah, I mean, Dominic beating Xavier Woods makes sense here. Again, he's drawing major heat from the crowd. He's really over with his character. So you got to keep uh, giving him that push and making him look strong. I only saw a small sample size of Zoe Stark when she was in NXT, so I can't comment a real lot. I definitely think she has some good athletic ability. I mean... I wasn't necessarily expecting Nikki Cross to beat her because Nikki Cross hasn't been booked to look strong in quite some time. 
even though I understand she's a veteran. I figured this was going to be a win for Zoe Stark on win her main roster debut. And then the tag team match was pretty good. Again, it's good to see Imperium on television, but, I mean, your tag champs have to be built up to look strong. Now, what I'd like to know, though, is if the tag team champions are on Raw right now, and they're supposed to be the undisputed tag team champions, what's going to happen to the tag division on SmackDown? Are they just going to go back new belts again? Yeah, and that's, and that's what's so weird about it, because other belts are exclusive to a brand, but the tag team titles... And I think it's the same way with the women's titles as well. They go back yeah, and that's, forth. That's all brands. I know. That's all they announced on it so far is they're going to travel back and forth. Uh, and why does Roman Reigns still carry two belts? There's a lot of questions around these belts right now. <laughs> so, And Zoe Stark, Zoe Stark has the look of a man. And you would think that she would be a lot tougher than what she was. It's just she's not. And she's not. She's just not as good as wrestler as she looks like she could be. So I don't even understand. There's so many. I can name you six other female wrestlers in NXT. I would have brought up before Zoe Stark. So I don't get it. And then the final match was the finals of the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. Your winner. And in the finals for Night of Champions. Seth freaking Rollins. I was glad to see Seth win this. I was glad to see no BS stuff happen with Judgment Day or anything like that to cost him this match. I was very, very happy. I'm glad the way that they're doing this. It just, this needs to be your winner of it all. He's went too long without a freaking belt. It's time. Your thoughts on the main event, sir? Yeah, these two never disappoint whenever they're in the ring with one another. So, uh, definitely a nail biter and a good main event. Once again, the right guy won, and he's where he needs to be in the tournament finals. Now, Night of this Champions. was a rematch to crown the first ever Universal Champion, if you remember. And Finn Balor actually won that match, but he got hurt and had to relinquish the title the next Monday. So, that was pretty, uh, pretty cool how they had that set up. All right. So, uh, sir, I'm going to go ahead and give you the next two headlines. That's all of Raw results. All right. AEW star has gotten in incredible shape during his time away from the ring. Andrade El Idolo, who has been out of action for months with a pectoral injury, posted a photo of himself online where he looks absolutely shredded. The former WWE star underwent surgery for the torn pec back in November, and his father-in-law, Ric Flair, said on his podcast in March that Andrade was close to being ready to make a return. However, there's a chance that Andrade won't be back in AEW because he recently told Lucha Libre Online that his contract is expiring soon. I'm with AEW to make it clear, soon my contract will expire. I had a tear in my chest and I got surgery in November. I was out for four months, but soon I'll be back. I was at the Hall of Fame accompanying my wife and to be next to a great friend, Rey Mysterio. He's the symbol for all Latinos, Rey Mysterio. So, right away, I'm sure when people hear his contract might expire with AEW, that, oh, he's going to be back in WWE, right? Well, I'm sure that, that that's always a possibility, but you have to remember that Andrade also has a huge, huge following in Mexico. I'm sure he has an open invitation to go back to any one of those promotions full-time. 
whenever he wants, and I'm sure he can make really good money doing that. Now, he might want to go the route of, well, I want to be want to travel with my wife in WWE, and we know that Andrade, of course, was a big star in NXT when he was there. Also held the United States Championship in WWE. So, and again, I don't think this has been 100% confirmed that his contract is expiring. I think there's just been reports. And with him being out for injury for the last several months, it wouldn't shock me if AEW added time. Yeah, Tony Khan has a knack for that. Um, I think that he we could see him back in the WWE because because of two reasons. First reason is he's a Triple H guy, always has been. The second reason, and this is not really a reason, it's if they can do this, if they will do this, if Triple H will allow him to work for WWE and still travel into Triple A, uh, like Triple A Pro Wrestling, where he held the main title there for a long time, or these other, you know, Mexican promotions, which he wasn't allowed to, and I heard was one of the reasons why uh, he didn't fight when he was let go from WWE the first time. So if they can work that out, and I think Triple H likes him enough to where they will, I wouldn't, I would say there's probably an 80% chance, which is pretty high for me to say that, that he'll be back in the WWE ring. So be interesting to watch, but uh, I'm glad he's still working out. Uh, he's just a, fantastic competitor one of the best matches i've seen in triple a wrestling was uh him with rick flair in his corner versus kenny omega who was the defending champion at that time uh with uh conan in his corner and that match was just it went the full full mile man it was just great he he just has not they just don't know how to use him in AEW. he needs to get away from there they just don't know how to work with them all right, sir, uh, you got the next one. WWE likely won't be holding another premium live event oh. in Puerto Rico for a while. Coming out of Saturday's WWE Backlash premium live event, fans were raving about the crowd and attendance for the show and the product that the company presented from the start of the show to the main event. With such an enjoyable event, many fans are looking forward to seeing the company hold another PLE in Puerto Rico. While speaking on Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer noted that fans may be waiting a while as WWE got paid $1.5 million for holding the show there until WWE gets paid by the Tourism Board to run another premium live event in Puerto Rico. They will likely just run house shows like they've been doing for years. The thing is, they're only going to come if they get paid to come, so that's up to how much the Tourism Board wants to pay. And usually when it comes to this type of thing, everything is different. Generally speaking, if they want to bring you in, if the tourism board brings you in, they're not going to bring you in every year. They're going to use their money to bring in another act. They're going to use their money on another act next year. It won't always be WWE. For them to do a pay-per-view generally, and London is the exception, because when they go to London, they're not getting paid by a tourism board. They just feel like it's time to do it. Meltzer noted that WWE wants to go to the UK for the premium live events because the time of doing the shows in primetime is no longer a factor like it had been when WWE was on traditional pay-per-view as they can air it on Peacock in the afternoon while holding the shows at night local time. That's actually a really good point because now they're doing the pay-per-views on Saturdays, which I think was a really smart move rather than holding them on Sundays. 
And yeah, they can take advantage of the time difference. You don't always have to air a pay-per-view at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can air it at 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon. People can yeah, still I watch like and the, enjoy uh, it. The noon pay-per-views uh, that they've done with NXT here lately, I, I, I actually enjoy those because a lot of times I find myself on a Saturday, like after our podcast, after we get done recording, like kind of bored. I like to watch, you know, wrestling while I'm editing and going through everything on our podcast. And uh, I like those a lot. So, yeah, I'm all for that, too. I'm all for it as well. So uh, next headline, this is actually something that you and I discussed on the last episode. And when we heard it on the last episode, we were both like, huh? So, yeah. So here we go. Backstage news on why SmackDown stars are included in the WWE World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. So a lot of fans, including us, were thrown off when WWE announced that SmackDown stars would be a part of the World Heavyweight Title Tournament as the title is designed to be the topic prize on Raw because undisputed WWE Universal Champion Reigns is exclusive to SmackDown now. The tournament has stars from both Raw and SmackDown, with Rollins winning Raw's side of the bracket to advance to the finals on May 27th at Night of Champions in Saudi Arabia. SmackDown's side will be determined on Friday's show. While speaking on Wrestler Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer noted, WWE is using this tournament. Okay, so this makes sense. They're using this tournament to try to increase television ratings while going up against a strong. NBA playoff competition. Alvarez mentioned that Monday's Raw was loaded to try to compete with the NBA. Quote, this whole show was designed to save viewers from switching over. Meltzer added, quote, I will tell you, Monday, Friday, and Wednesday, all three of those shows were booked 100% to a Hail Mary. We got to try to save as much as we can. AEW is basically booking a pay-per-view on Wednesday night. They're coming back and putting the Raw World title. If people are wondering why the Raw World title is a tournament on SmackDown, this is the reason. Because they know a normal show right now will do a poor number. So they do not, so they cannot do a normal show this week. AEW knows the same thing. We know what numbers we'll end up doing. Wrestling fans are definitely getting benefited greatly by the fact that both of these promotions know that this is a bad week with the Warriors versus Lakers series makes perfect sense to me now from a business standpoint it did make it made zero I actually made fun of them on the last episode because it made zero sense to me now I didn't realize the Warriors and Lakers series was this week as well and they're absolutely right it's coming down to the finals uh yeah makes a lot of sense a lot of sense uh your thoughts on that headline yeah it uh put, it puts it all in perspective now because we know that when the mainstream sports are are in full are out in full force that Raw and SmackDown often suffer as far as the ratings go. So WWE's got to do whatever they can from a business standpoint to increase ratings, and this is definitely one way to do that. Now I'm going to have to assume that if a SmackDown wrestler were to win the World Heavyweight Championship, that they would jump ship over to Raw since the title's going to be well, exclusive they would, to uh... Raw. Well, yeah, they'd have to. I'm curious to see who's in that who's in that tournament uh, for SmackDown. 
I feel I feel like the names of have, uh, have already been released. Okay, that would be so great. I'm trying to look that up right now. Twenty. And I want to look at Dynamite because they said Dynamite's putting on a uh, pay per view. <laughs> I'm looking up Dynamite's uh, wrestling card match in case uh, need to mention something about it on here. Oh, oh wow. Okay, so tonight uh, Kenny Omega versus John Moxley in a steel cage match. Uh, I think that's about the only good House of Black versus Best Friends and Mandito for the World's Trio Championship. <laughs> Gee, I wonder who's going to win that match. Uh, and that's about the only two good <laughs> matches I see. So go ahead, sir. Oh, oh so the uh, SmackDown Championship bracket. So this Friday, it's going to be a triple threat match. AJ Styles versus Edge versus Rey Mysterio and Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley versus Sheamus. The, winner, the two winners of those matches will face each other at the end of the night. And the winner will advance to face Seth Rollins. Huh, I have no idea. Maybe Bobby Lashley? I have, I have no idea on that one. I would say Bobby Lashley or AJ Styles yeah. would be my pick. Yeah, AJ Styles. They just, I don't know. The, reason, the only reason, he's, my, he's one of my favorites. The only reason why I didn't mention his name is because they really haven't given him much of a push at all in a year. So. Uh, let's see. Brock Lesnar. Received a standing ovation after WWE backlash went off the air. As many of you saw, Brock Lesnar was bloodied in the main event against Cody Rhodes. Lesnar lost the match to Cody, but he was the last one to leave the ring because he received a standing ovation after the match. The way the match finished was done, it came across almost like a fluke for Cody, so they protected Brock when he was pinned. This also leaves the door open for a potential rematch. AKA, we already know. Uh, for those of you who did not attend the show in Puerto Rico, the fans gave Brock a huge standing ovation. Everyone in the audience standing up, clapping and cheering for the beast as he left the show. Interesting. That's pretty cool. So, uh, and you know, sometimes you deserve that. And I mean, he, he dominated that match. He dominated that match. And I'm going to read one more, and I'll let you get to your uh, next headline. Fans turned <laughs> on Bianca Belair. Bailey causes Io Sky the match. WWE Raw Women's Champion De Bianca Belair defended her title against Io Sky at Backlash uh, from Puerto Rico. After a quick start by Belair, Sky took over. By working the left arm of the champion, the crowd, a hot one, decided the Sky should be the babyface. <laughs> and here and was cheering for Sky despite being a heel while booing, while booing the babyface champion. Moments later, Belair fought back and the crowd did count as she laid several strikes uh, in the corner before Sky called her with an elbow. The fans went right back to cheering for Sky. Belair went for a press slam with one arm. Sky fell face first before Belair hit her with a springboard moonsault for a two count. Sky used the top rope to her advantage. The missile drop kick, sending Belair to the floor. Belair went for a dive off. Sky put her knees up before locking in the crossface. Only Belair to get out. Sky with a face buster as a reserve. Oh, man. That got a huge, huge response from the crowd. Uh, reversal for two. Sky missed the foot stomp. Belair went for the KOD, only to have Sky send her into the floor. Sky caught her with a kick to the gut and sent her. Uh, moonsault off the top rope. It was an amazing match, folks. I'm just trying to get to the end of this article. Okay, so yeah, so Bailey was caught holding 
uh, Bianca's ponytail. Man, they should make her cut that. Uh, therefore, she had to move, and therefore, Belair was able to catch Eosky off guard, hit her with the KOD for the win. But as we mentioned, I know we already talked about this match. That's why I wanted to get it out of the way. That Eosky looked very strong in that match, and you can now see how she was undefeated before that match against Bianca Belair because she made her look silly, I think. Your thoughts on the headline, those two headlines. Well, we talked about it earlier, how uh, Bianca Belair was booed by the, the Puerto Rican crowd uh, at, at Backlash. And, you know, this isn't the first time she's gotten kind of a mixed reaction. So might be time to tweak her character a little bit to try to get the fans behind her again. Or the more obvious thing would be to may maybe it's time to turn her heel finally, which is what she was way back when she was in NXT. And... I think it would actually make her character a lot more interesting if they would switch it up a bit. Um, but as far as Brock Lesnar goes, uh, you know, the, it's not often he wrestles at events outside of uh, outside of the U.S. I mean, uh, so Puerto is I mean, the Puerto Rican crowd really, really happy to see the Beast, and naturally they gave him a standing ovation. Yeah, now it's he's headed to Saudi Arabia. Really, so it should be interesting. Uh, you've got the next one, sir. Potential spoiler on the reunion of a WWE faction. The faction that we're referring to is The Way, a group that was led by Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae that also included now United States champion Austin Theory, Indy Hartwell, and Hartwell's on-screen husband, Dexter Loomis. Everyone but Austin Theory is currently on the Raw brand as Theory was moved to SmackDown in the WWE draft. The Boozer666 Twitter account indicated that the faction may be reuniting. Excuse me. The Twitter account previously teased that The Way may be given a big push. WWE has teased at least Hartwell and Loomis getting back together on television as Loomis celebrated with Hartwell after she won the NXT women's title in a ladder match at Stand and Deliver last month. Also last week after Hartwell relinquished the NXT women's title, Loomis came from underneath the ring and helped Hartwell out of the ring. So, this makes a lot of sense because what were these four really doing? I mean, other than Indy Hartwell being the NXT Women's Champion, what were Dexter Loomis, Johnny Gargano, and Candice LeRae doing? They pretty much were on TV just putting people over. Dexter Loomis would show up every once in a while to give, so give someone a creepy stare or maybe participate in a battle royal, and that would be about it. So I think this is best case scenario is getting this faction back together to get to give them something it actually, more uh, substantial to do. If you notice on Raw, it actually showed them together. So yeah, it's uh, it could it could it could yeah it could be coming. Um, I I don't know. I prefer Champa coming back and him and Gargano teaming up and being DIY. I think they were more successful there. But yeah, you know, I mean, whatever. I guess. All right. Uh, let's see. There's been a lot of praise in WWE for Damian Priest's work during the feud with Bad Bunny. Damian Priest has stepped up his work, especially during this time, his time in the Judgment Day faction, and it's not gone unnoticed. On Saturday night at WWE Backlash, Priest helped carry, I told you he carried him, Bad Bunny to a very good match that included weapons and surprises. Priest has been the anchor for the feud and is being praised a lot on social media 
for stepping up his ring work and working on getting into the best shape of his career. The feud between Priest and Bad Bunny appears to be over, but it looks like there might be bigger plans for Priest in the coming months. Insiders reporting that the, there was there has been praise internally for Priest for everything he's done to level himself up, and one source stated that he has to be seen as one of the top-level players going forward. Priest is booked to be in the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament that kicks off on Monday night, which we know he didn't win. As for Bad Bunny, people in the company have praised him too. He has put in the work and takes everything he's done in WWE serious and is showed on Saturday night backlash card. Okay, so yeah, so I'm glad that they're actually saying it out loud that Damian Priest has been putting in the work and uh, he's definitely been level leveling up, as they put it. I am, uh, yeah, I'm happy to see that. I think that uh, that's a good thing. One other person that they're happy with, and I cannot believe this. I'm going to read this one, too, because I'm sure you'll have uh, opinions about this one, too. Um, WWE officials are happy, are very happy with Omos's performance at Backlash. Wow. Heading into Backlash, there was a lot of fans on social media criticizing the decision to have Seth Rollins wrestle Omos. The match was announced without long buildup and a belief among many uh, was that Omos wasn't ready. Coming out of Backlash, there was praise for Omos, and while he has some more work to do to become a more complete performer, it was noticeable that he has improved his work. What? Road Dog recently praised Omos as a giant who has a more upside than Andre the Giant and the Big Show. The Big Show's not saying much, but what? Andre the Giant. Road Dog said, quote, I think no matter what you do with Omos, no matter what happened at WrestleMania, no matter what you do, Omos can walk into any arena in the city, in the world, and everybody in there will be in awe because I think he is that kind of an attraction. He continued, he has more upside to me in my mind, and I know times are different and things are different than Andre, than Big Show, than all these guys. Big Show is a great athlete to be as big as he was and to drop kick and going to the top rope, Big Show is an incredible athlete. This guy is the same kind of athlete. He's a really good athlete at that size. It's really uncommon. It's really cool to see. He's really huge. I didn't look at Big Show like I look at this guy. He's just so tall and high, so high above me when you're standing there talking to him. Road Dog. Now, Road Dog's comments are debatable, but it's clear that WWE officials have plans for Omos. Insider reported today that people in the company are very happy with Omos's match with Rollins, and the feeling is that this was one of the best major matches he's had. I could not disagree more. I didn't see anything. This guy didn't impress me whatsoever. But I read that to go along with the last Damian Priest one just for you, sir. So, your comment. Oh, boy. Well, I'm in 100% agreement about Damian Priest. Um, He's definitely stepped up his game. I'm glad people are noticing it. And hopefully they continue to push him in a more prominent role now. Um, as far as Almas goes, you know, guys that size have always been limited in the ring. Um, am I saying that he moves around like he has cement in his boots? No, I mean, he doesn't have awkward movements in the ring like the great Kali. But as you said, Kentucky guy, 
someone that big is always going to have a limited move set. There's only so much they can do in the ring. And the problem is, as much as we, they want to praise him and say, oh, well, he looked great against Brock Lesnar. He looked great against Seth Rollins. Oh, back when he had that match last year with Braun Strowman, he looked great. But the guy lost all the match. When Andre the Giant would look great back in the day, he would win 90% of his matches. Once in, a, once in a blue moon, he might lose by, like, disqualification or countout. But it wasn't like people were pinning him one, two, three, his shoulders to the mat. Omos, you know, could be more of an attraction, but the fact of the matter is he's been losing these big, high-profile match matches. Ever since they split him up from AJ Styles, in many ways, he's been exposed. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not seeing it 100% that this guy is going to be this big star. Uh, I, I, yeah, I I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of more leaning towards uh, what you're saying, Kentucky, guys, you know, about Almas. So, here, let's... Uh... Let, let's just be completely honest, all right? <laughs> Andre the Giant, Andre the Giant was undefeated for 50, wow, okay. All right, so he was undefeated, undefeated for 15 years until WrestleMania 3. I just looked it up. You guys can fact check me. 15 years he was undefeated uh that say anything else i mean you're really going to compare him to omos a <laughs> road dog 15 years that's unheard of they wouldn't let anybody do that they're panicking right now because how long uh the current champion roman reigns has been undefeated 15 years that's all i got to say about that and let's see so that is all of your headlines correct sir all right, I've got one more, and then we'll call it an Those episode. Those are all my headlines. AEW has major plans and a marquee match tentatively scheduled for Collision. AEW is slated to launch the new Saturday night show that is believed to be called Collision with the idea to build it up around a returning CM Punk. Uh, it will air as a two-hour program on TNT starting June 17, 2023. The idea is to separate him from those who have issues with them. And there will be some split of the talent roster, as previously reported. The premium episode, premiere episode of AEW Collision is expected to feature another major talent debut or return. Uh, Frightful Select reported that there are already major plans in a car match, marquee match, tentatively scheduled for the Collision show, with CM Punk pushing for a huge match early on in his return. There have been rumors of Punk's first program being back with Chris Jericho. Although, Fightful notes, Punk had pushed for another return opponent out of the gate. Regarding the taping schedule, AEW has several Saturday dates lined up for collision, although when necessary, AEW may book the same venue two straight days on Wednesday and Thursday to tape all of the content. Sources indicate to Fightful that the Elite and Punk would occur occasionally appear on Dynamite and Collision when it's called for, despite the two sides not resolving their issues. And I underline not. You're bringing this guy back, and there's still issues. Yeah, that's not very smart. Anyways, I want to throw it out there because we haven't talked much about AEW. Uh, and I don't know. I'm going to watch Collision as long as I can stomach, and if it's all about CM Punk, I'm not going to watch it. 
but I'm going to give it a chance just to see, but who knows? Anyway, your thoughts on this headline, sir? Still feel like it's a mistake bringing him back, but what do I know? AEW's got to improve their ratings, and we've got to make some of the hardcore fans happy, even if we upset the vast majority of the locker room. And people will be ready to leave when their contracts expire, which will deplete the roster. And then, oh boy, it's a tough situation to be in. Not a not an enviable position, because Tony Khan's got to do what he think is thinks you know, is best for business. Um, I just don't, to chime in, I real don't quick, agree that this I, is I think best the, for business, though. The fans that want to see CM Punk back is a much smaller number than what we believe. I really do. I think it's a much, much smaller number than Tony Khan realizes, too. And I think he's going to see that. Don't get me wrong. All of Chicago tune in. I mean, he's a Chicago boy. I mean, I'm not saying any of that. And they're smart. The first episode's going to be taped in Chicago. So, of course, he's going to get a reaction. He's going to run down the ramp. He's going to jump into somebody's arms. Whatever. You know, he's going to give everybody an ice cream bar. Who cares? I was going to yeah, say, let's hope he doesn't ridiculous. suffer an injury again. Anyway, sir, that's all I have for this episode. What say you? All right, folks. That so be sure to catch us this Saturday for another episode of Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> With your host is the Kentucky Guy and Donnie Cage. As always, folks, God bless. And God bless America.